girls. Hey, girls. Oh, yes. I'm still coming with the energy because I am going to be a light in the midst of the darkness as well as the solution to the problem. Today on Girl Talk with Jay Marie, I am so happy to be here with you as your host, as your girl, more than anything, as the person who's going to shed light on what all of us need at this time. And that's a little bit of hope and a little bit of inspiration for our black men. So welcome to this episode, y'all, because this is a very sweet and dear episode. This entire month has been dedicated to our black men, to the wonderful black men that we love so much. And today I have brought an incredible guest co-host to come to this show. My bro, he's talented, he's powerful, he's amazing, he's anointed, and he is here with us. The first guest co-host of this month dedicated to our man, my bro, Eric Payton, y'all. I call him E, so make some noise for E, y'all. Everybody make some noise. Say what's up to my girl, E. What's up, girls? How y'all doing? Queens, um, I am so honored to be here. This this, this feels good. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. Whatever you need, you call on me, uh, but I'm, I'm listening to you, Queen. This is, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You have no idea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have an idea of what it means. It's the same feeling as mutual. You guys, I am excited because we are going to get right into this episode. As you can hear, my voice is a little bit shanky, janky, but I'm going to push through this because I'm really looking forward to the outcome of this episode. It's very important. This is the first time Girl Talk with Jay Marie has been able to host an episode since the tragedy that took place on Memorial Day with George Floyd. Now, I am your host, Jay Marie, of course. This is Girl Talk with Jay Marie, but a wise man is going to listen. And that is why we have dedicated this month like we have to our men. And I, with that being said, We'd like to get right into our show by talking about something that's the most important thing in my life, and that is the word. That is the one, the true living God, Jesus Christ. So with that being said, we go into the segment called Prayer on the Spot. Prayer on the Spot is my prayer ministry, and it's important that I have this separate from everything else because God comes first, y'all. And in order for us to get through life, in order for us to get through what we see happening right now, we need him. We need the word. Okay, Brother E? So with that being said, the scripture for today, I need you to listen up. Need everybody to get your Bibles and turn to the turn to the book of no get your get your word okay this word is gonna help us understand the significance of what's taking place if you ask me scripture comes from Mark twelve and thirty one the second is this love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than these the second is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It, and I'm going to stop right there. I don't have to preach that out. Like normal, I might add something to it. There's nothing that needs to be added. It's clear what it says. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That is why this is not just about one person. It's about all of us. Brother E, what's your what's your feelings on this kind of scripture? What do you hear when you hear love your neighbor as you love yourself? Um, I, I think that's probably the best scripture to really reference in this time because when we are able to like fully love our 
as we loved ourselves, then we can really start to um, have some type of healthy dialogue that will move that healing. So, um, yes, uh, with everything that's going on, be angry, you know, be um, be frustrated, be, be irritated, um, be all of those things, be mad, but still you have to move in love. Going back never get anything done. You know what I'm saying? And we're so quick to be, uh, we'll say, you know, I, you know, I'm ready to die for mine, but are we ready to live for ours? You know what I'm mm. saying? So, I need to hear that. Yeah, like be, you know, we want to die, we'd be ready to die, but like, are we ready to live? And so, mm. um, I just think that, yes, that's the be uh, loving our neighbors And he said it perfectly there, y'all. We're going to keep going because there's so much we're going to pull from this. But are we ready to live for this? And so that's what I think we are wanting to get through right now to everyone. Fellas, I know you're listening as well. And that's why I have a strong man on here that I know that can start this thing off in a powerful way because it is somebody that I respect. And I think he carries a certain authority that he can speak over us and speak into our lives. So that's why we're here today with E. Eric Payton. So <clears throat> moving along, E., this episode is actually entitled, you know, we must fight for our black men and, and for police brutality and the effects that it has on our culture. So we just want to have that conversation and that dialogue. And although both of us are African-American, there will be people listening that are not. So I want them to get an understanding from a black man that has been out here in the streets and doing things that is like a positive influence and also been through things in life where maybe your decisions wasn't your favorite decision. But that's where it brought you to where you are now. So that's why I have you on, and I want them to know more. And that's what I like to do in this next segment called The Quick Three with Jay Marie. So we want to get to know a little bit more about you, and these questions are what we want to ask. Number one, who is your hero, E? Who is my hero? Um, so I'm going to answer it just how I sing when you ask uh, my grandmother. Um. Mm -hmm. My grandmother um, was and still is my hero. Um, she taught me uh, so many like little lines. One just real quick. She told me in the third or fourth grade, um, you're going to lose your first fight. She said, but after you're going to win every other fight. And I was like, bro, like, what do you mean? And she broke it down and was just like, the first fight, you're so scared to be in the fight, you don't realize wow. you're not fighting. Yes. Go ahead and accept that fact. She said, but every fight after that, you're going to win. And uh, <sighs> that's my hero. She put that in there. Now I never forget it. I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. And little did she know, I, I'm, when I'm little did you know, I mean, she probably was referring to several different types of fights, because you know, those fights can be spiritual sometimes, too. And that's what I think strengthened you like you are today. So I love that she kept it real with you. And you, if it's a fighter, you a fighter, E. You a fighter. So, I, and I want you to know this, y'all, in the best context, he's a fighter, okay? So yeah. with that being said, our next question, just so they can know. <laughs> When was, this is actually a pretty good segue into that, actually. Um, 
When was the last time that you cried, D, and why? Mm, this week. This past week. And to be honest, Jay, I hadn't cried in like a month. Um, I, I think I like I've literally just I was fighting back tears, you know. Um, <laughs> I finally like broke down. I actually had a, a breakdown this week, and it was because um, um, you know. You watch the news and you see this thing as a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, what really hit me is when I seen the image of the officer on George's neck. And it took me back to December 8th, 2016, when I was racially profiled by four white officers who one was on my neck, two was on my back, and one was holding my leg. And when I seen the photo, I immediately, like, I broke out in, like, like hives, like, I freaked out and uh, it was the first time I actually let out like this cry because um, I knew what that felt like and um, to like to forget about it he who lives you know like they found out it wasn't he who lives but you know ever since you know after that and so that was a moment where I was just like man George I remember being eye level with the ground and I just remember God was like, I'm, I'm going to come in the midst of this to you so that I can talk to you. Because he had to talk to me in some way. It really what he called me to and me to be. And it had to take four white officers all time to realize who I am. And so I got to cry and uh, was released. And I got to cry with 20 other brothers Saturday on a Zoom call, you know, with black men now. So, um, yeah. And I feel good. I feel good, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and I want you to just share real quick. You said, is that a group of men that you were um, on the call with, on the Zoom call? Yeah, I had an organization, a support group for uh, black men, for all men. Um, but this is an organization that I started about two years ago um, on a small scale. And then last year, uh, we made it public. But it's a support group for black men called Black Men Now. Uh, black Men Now is, um, we set precedence of who we are now. We are healers. healers. Of we, are, um, we are united. Um, we are fathers. We are master teachers. We are... <sighs> Are the most loving and the most majestic people on the planet, and I want, um, I wanted what happened to me in 2016 um, to not go in vain. So that's where Black Men Now came from. Um, it I loved that. Black Men Now, you'll have to give us details if it's okay. I know it's kind of exclusive at first, but it sounds like it's opening up. So I really want my brothers, I really want them to check in with Brother E. E. You'll see his info, obviously, on the screen so you can find him. It's important that y'all get together. Ladies, it's important that we tell our men to get together. There's something different that happens when the men come together to cry as opposed to when we try to intervene and talk to them and let them know it's okay. It's great for us to say it's okay because it is for them to express themselves to us. But there's something about the connection, just like it is with us, ladies. There's something about the connection with someone that so much can truly relate to what you are going through. It's a little bit different when they have a peer 
And so I ask you guys to please contact him just for these reasons. Refer him because he's a man with a powerful, good heart. And I would love for you guys to continue to build like that. And question number three, because I see we are cutting into the time of the next portion, which we're coming back to this kind of stuff. Number three, our last question. What do you value the most about your life, Phil? There's a statement that God told me um, maybe when I was like six or seven, and I never forgot it. Strength even though it said it in our vows, um, soon you will understand and everything will be okay. Mm. And that's what I value. Because even when I didn't even know what that meant at seven and 17 and 27, I know now. You know now. Yeah, that's it. I ain't going to don't give me existence, dude. You're going to have to add two more hours to it. No, we don't. Because we got time. I do these three questions and we roll. So we going. We going because that's the kind of stuff that people need to hear. Because what ends up happening is understanding. Oh, Jesus. Understanding is like one of the greatest gifts that anybody can ever have. When you have an understanding, you get to peace. Okay? And in anything. That's one thing I've learned throughout my life. So if I'm being transparent, this season of stuff is happening, primarily to black people. I'm just not going to keep it what it is because it is what it is. Um, I have, like, I thought I understood, right? And now the way things are going, it's like I get bits of understanding but it's not clear for me. And that's what gets me frustrated. Because, see, I communicate with God, and I feel like he tells me some stuff. But then I'm like, so my frustration comes because I don't know everything. And, you know, he ain't got to tell us everything. So that's where I got to go back to, okay, and this weekend it happened for me because the first five days I was pissed. And then I was like, okay, I need to come to Jesus meeting. And thank God people intervened on my behalf in prayer. And they were going in on prayer because I'm that fiery Peter type. And it calmed me yesterday. It just finally broke off of me. So now I'm prepared. But I still ain't all the way there. I'm just saying I'm better than I was five yeah. days ago. You feel me? So we're going to get into this because we're going to talk about this. Um, because the next thing that I want to do is just I want to go right into our topic. Like I said, we are to talk about how we do got to fight for our black men. I, I, I believe that we have because they're the way it looks is there's an attack on them in particular you know and i don't know exactly why but i do know that there's greatness in you guys and there's greatness in our men and i have an expectation of how you guys are going to change the world and continue to change the world like you already have but i just feel like there's an even more greater and a more incredible assignment which is why the attack is so strong when i take my eyes off the natural and just look at it from a spiritual standpoint there's something else that's supposed to be had so that's why we're here today i think they really need to know your story i think they need to understand because 
I had no idea I knew that it was four officers. I knew that you had this situation happen, which is something I want you to actually share in detail, if you don't mind, how your day was going. Because I want to take them to the way that my guy, my, my, my brother, George Floyd, was that day. Regardless if he had a $20 counterfeit bill, allegedly or not, he still had an assignment of what he thought he was going to do for the day. And it sounds like once you hear him speak, once you hear his family, once you hear the people he worked with, it sounds like he was a gentle giant. And it sounds like people loved him. And it looked like people needed him in their life. I heard his words about trying to get his body together and encouraging people. I know you don't want to work out, but this is that and this is that. And you know what it did? It made me think about how there's so many people that just go on about their normal life and they struggle every day, but they weren't bothering nobody. And just like that, he can be done because they thought so. So I want them to put themselves in your shoes because George can't tell us his story. George can't tell us how he got off the concrete as he was facing the ground and we're just hoping that the man had mercy like mercy belonged to him can you please share with us exactly what you was doing today that that happened to you you got to bring me one uh, because I I've never been asked that question um, and being mm, and being know a creator and an artist too you know that we have very uh memories we remember everything so <laughs> I, I i played it in my mind a, a, a million times um i worked on ninth and broadway at ace hotel uh for three and a half years as um the security guard their A&M shift, um, and I did um, shipping and receiving for all the departments through the hotel and the theater that's connected to the hotel. Um, if you go back and talk to former employees at Ace or even in that community, um, I was a pillar. I was someone who uh, took pride in talking to people who didn't get talked spoken to. Um, I took pride in um, protecting the community. Um, yeah. And um, I remember that day so vividly. I just got off of work at, um, at, at 3 o'clock. Uh, I clocked out, put my headphones on. I had, my, uh, I had a blue security jacket on with a blue shirt, black jeans, uh, and a hat. Put my spotter spotter on my after work playlist because I, I like to decompress. Yes. The song that was played uh, as I was walking was Times Are Wasting by Erica Badu <laughs> from Mama Slim, which is my favorite album. It's my life changing album. Um, I walked from 9th and Broadway to Pershing Square to catch the train. Getting ready to catch the train, um, I seen people trying to get on and off the train. Um, as that was happening, there was a Hispanic, a young Hispanic kid. Um, I want to say his name was Amir. I, I, I haven't seen him since the stabbing, but I remember walking past him and I see 
African and an older black gentleman bump into each other. And it was on accident. It was, uh, you know, about four o'clock in the train station. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They bumped into each other. Um, as they bumped into each other, I seen the Hispanic kid kind of apologize. I'm sorry. And I then seen the black guy take out like a little shank and just start stabbing the kid in the neck. And literally, people literally started pulling their phones out and getting video taken. And I was like, no, stop. You know, like, I was trying to, like, intervene. And uh, while intervening, the, the black, the brother took off running. And the kid is just bleeding profusely in Pershing Square. So I'm yelling, yelling, call 911. I get on my phone and call 911. But I'm chasing the black man out of Pershing Square and now up Broadway. And as I'm on the phone, I'm telling them, I'm giving them the description. I'm telling them what my name, everything, all the information. Um, this guy runs and gets on a bus at a bus stop and he closes his door. I say, the guy just ran and got on a bus. I'm staying right here. And I'm yelling at the bus driver. I got 911 on the phone. Close up. Don't open the door. As I'm saying that, these cop cars are like coming, like, I mean, full speed at me. I never forget seeing the officer get out the car. He already had the gun out and his feet was not even out the car. He was still moving. And they literally just jumped at me and was like, get on the ground. And I put my hands up and don't shoot manner. And I said, he's on the bus. I'm the one that called. I called. And by that time, the gun was on my nose. And that is when I said, I'm like, I knew then I'm like, scared. It's, it, it, I can't say nothing. If I say one more thing. And I remember when I turned around and I felt like what it was was a gun in my back. I immediately did that. You know, when you get out the your mama hit you in the middle of that back. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Nothing mm-hmm. And then they just dropped. They threw me on the ground. They threw my, they ripped my backpack. They, I didn't understand why they were like being so, like they were doing so much. You know what I'm saying? And they kept yelling I was resisting. And I was just, I was still. I was, by that time, God had like completely took over my body. Um, but I just remember they were yelling I was resisting. I remember the being in my neck, and I was like, oh. I was like, I'm not moving. And I just, I said, the dates. I remember saying my mama name. I remember saying my mama. I remember saying your mama. And I started saying 12816, 12816, 12816. He told me to shut up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to die. I just felt like, oh, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to go. Like, and it was like, I, I was trying to like, go ahead and shoot me, you know, because I can't see if you're going to shoot me in my back, but go ahead. So I'm jerking, you know, I'm nervous. And um, after that, went on and went on. Um, they, you know, one of the guys that was doing it was like, yo, he's a good man. He's a good man. It's not him. It's not him. And once they started hearing, you know, like the people saying it's not him. He worked here. He worked down the street in the DS area. They then took me off the ground. It was like a movie. Helicopters. It was just packed down Broadway. And the officer, when he was uncuffing me, as two black officers were finally walking up, he just said, you fit the descriptions. You look like a big, bad guy. You look like a big, He bad said bad those guy. words. He said those words. Like, you look like a big, bad guy. You just fit the description. I'm sorry. You fit the description. You look like a big, bad man. He said, I don't know what to tell you. That's what he kept doing. And I didn't think he was racist. When he was talking and saying that, it was like, 
that he was just trying to soothe you with what he was saying. Like, oh, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. You just, you know, and, 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 and this is this is my next question. And you said there were two black officers that ended up coming over there. Finally is the word. But it was like, so were they what were they doing? Were they just watching or? No, they brought them on the scene specifically to handle me. Because once they figured oh. on person, they had to dispatch the two officers to come on the scene. And it was a woman cop and it was a black male cop. And I will never forget the black woman cop was in tears apologizing to what her, her, her employee had done. Mm -hmm. And it was terrible. Um, and they brought me around the corner because they didn't want me to see because they were trying to like push me. Because by that time I'm crying and crying. And cool. they basically asked me like what happened and I'm like I didn't do nothing I called I was the one who called and um I just remember the black woman like how gentle she was with me and she was like where are you from she knew she was like where can you go and I said I'm from Texas I said I don't know nobody I just got off of work and um it was just a it was just terrible it was it was it was terrible and this was the Los Angeles this was in LA right <laughs> So this is what's interesting too. Who was the first person that you called when you did get a chance to talk to somebody? My dad. My dad. I talked to my father. What did your dad say to you? Um, it was it was a uh, it was a moment that I'll never forget because to feel helpless. Yeah. Your father, you know, your black father. You know, my dad taught me. When the cops pull you over, you say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You be still. You do exactly what they tell you to do. I remember him telling me verbatim. <laughs> and so you heard that voice like, Eric, what did you do? Did you do everything I told you to do? And I'm like, daddy, yes, yes. He said I, I look like a, a bad man. And I just remember my dad. I just heard it. I just heard him like break. And I never heard him. My dad has never been helpless in his life. You know, my dad, my dad is, is, a, is a warrior. Um, he's battling cancer now, beating the hell out of cancer, you know? And that was the first time I knew he was helpless. He could not, he couldn't even help me. He couldn't even tell me how to even get out of that. He just, he just said, come home, come home. And I'm walking back walking all through Broadway, I'm just so I'm crying. People are like, sir, they, they honking a the horn, are you okay? And I'm just like, what? What? Like, like, you cry because it happened? You cry because you still alive? You cry because it's only because you was black? It's like, you cry because you're confused? E, how much, how, how long have you been serving in ministry? Because that's when I knew you. How long had you been serving in ministry as a matter of fact at that exact day? 12-8-2016. I oh man, I had been serving. I was I think I was still I was in the midst of still serving at a church during that time. You know, like I and was, what? praise and worship, right? I was a praise and worship leader. I was a youth, I was a, a youth leader. Uh, I still am. I still keep in touch with the kids that were once in the youth program. Um, yeah, I was very active in my community. Um, uh, very active. I mean, that I want to say maybe a few days before that happened to me, um, 
I had um there was a I don't want to put his name out there, but um, you don't have to. He was a uh, he was a white boy who um, mm-hmm. was was openly gay, and this uh, homeless man um had beat him up in the alley before he got to work to work with me. And I remember him coming in the lobby. He said, "Somebody help me! Oh my gosh!" He attacked me, and nobody moved. And I said, "Where he at? He finna go die." I know you did. <laughs>
This is my prayer for you, Eve. This is my prayer for every other man in this country that has to deal with racial profiling, people of color primarily. Pray that it does not stop when they finally decide to arrest the four murderers. I pray that it does not stop. And when I say it doesn't stop, I mean that the fight, you don't have to continue the terror part of it, but the fight for, for, for equality and for justice, just that. We're not asking for a lot. No. We're asking that you stop the men that we love. Yes, and we're asking for, we're not even asking for, we're asking for life. Just right? give us life that we rightfully deserve. Yes, that don't cost when nothing. Christ dies, a part of, he dies with him. Or what you think happens in life. Brother, my brother died at 20. My daddy died at 52. You don't know what it feels like to lose somebody till you lose somebody. You don't know. 16 years ago, nine years, it does not change. Every Father's Day, every birthday, you that don't just go away. That feeling doesn't just change. Their families will forever, ever, ever. He, did you see his brother the other day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, it was gut wrenching. Like I, I've had to kind of stop watching social media, Jean. Like that, that was on the news, and that was my first time seeing them speak. I was done. I was done. It, it, I it, was it, devastated. Yeah, I just seen the video of the police footage of Philando Castile's wife. Yeah. Mm mm. That, if that, that's right. a, if that does not enrage us as a people, and I'm going to talk to these people that's been silent, these pastors that I've been DMing, that I'm about to start posting about and asking. Oh, you've been DMing them. Never thought to do that. Oh, that's a great idea. Asking, how can I bring wisdom and, 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 and bring light to these communities and these elders, these pastors that are actually cops that aren't saying anything? I speak to your silence. I speak to your silence, and I, and I, I hope and pray when you land down and I, when you see George Floyd that you see your son, that you see your brother, that you see somebody that you love, your mother, because they, they're killing women too. They killing their children. And, and, and really, because that video there, what conversation are we having? What, what, what conversation are we really having after you see something like that? I, I just want to know, E. When a man that is 46 years old is crying out for his mother, and it's interesting, that's another point I forgot to bring back. When he shared his story with us, he said, I call my mama name. I call my mama's name. The one thing I will believe with all my heart, and if ever the people that, that his family that is affected by what happened, I just pray they find this comfort in knowing that I believe that in the midst of that, when he said his mama's name, that I truly believe that she was there to welcome him to heaven. I, I just trust that God was merciful enough to let his mother be right there. And that is when you know his life was being literally taken away. Yeah. Literally, his last breaths were being taken. Today, we got great news that all the family decided to do a separate autopsy and they discovered that it was, it was a homicide, that he actually did die. 
because of the fact that he couldn't breathe. This was confirmed today. Now, the state, the city of Minneapolis, they were about to act like, no, no, this is a problem, folks. We need to rebuild the rapport because now nobody trusts what you say. We got to go and go hire our own people just to serve justice. When justice should be served because of your position, because you decided to be in that position. E, you decided to be a security guard in that moment that you wore, and you were actually a security guard even outside of the place that you were securing, because you called yourself a protector. They didn't know you were a protector. You did. And you step up to your assignment. The young man at your job who was getting beaten probably just because he was homosexual, he come in and nobody would help. But who steps to the plate? The protector. Where is our, where are the, our protectors? You signed up to protect and serve. Get out on the streets. Get in the streets and march. Show your face. Tell. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being transparent always. I, I, I would like to argue, nobody else knows my life but me. I would like to argue that I don't know, I can name too many men that I think are as transparent as you. I don't think, I know there's no more than what's up here on my hand. I just, off the top of my head, I can't even think of three that I know are like you. I honor you for that. I honor you because you are strong all the time, even in the midst of adversity. I've watched you not have a lot. I watched you work to get what you have. I watched you sustain what you have and steward well what you have. I watched you lead people to God and not to trouble. I watched you continue to do what you just told me you did over the weekend. I didn't know you did that. Took your community and you took your nonprofit and your ministry, and you brought 20 black men together in one of the most critical times in our life, in the history of this world. You brought them together to cry because you know what happens? Joy is gonna come in the morning, but it takes the tears to come out because if they don't get a chance to emote, if we keep cutting our black men off from releasing themselves, they're gonna be in the streets tearing up some stuff, okay. You got to give a man a chance to cry, to express himself, to not judge him because he does that. I was guilty of doing those things. I didn't think it was normal for dudes to cry. And I really was like, I don't know what that. But then I grew up and I realized, like, oh my God, why ain't you crying? <laughs> How you not crying? So thank you, Eve. Thank you. You a man. You are a man. We love you and appreciate you. You probably saved somebody's life that day. We'll never know the whole outcome. But you saved somebody's life. And in turn, the word tells us that you reap what you sow. And I truly believe that when you save that man's life, your life was also spared. Because you put a seed that you didn't know you was going to need that fast into the ground, E. You didn't even know, but it took courageous bold spirits like a courageous bold spirit like that that's what we need right now 
And although it's not a stabbing in the neck that you serve, that you're saving somebody from, you might not be physically putting your body in front of a knife, but everybody that's listening to me, male and female, it's required for you to also put your life up, put your brand up, put your whole, I don't mean you got to go out there and take a rubber bullet or a bullet at this point, because they shooting people too. So I ain't saying that's what you got to do. But I'm saying you got to make phone calls. But I'm saying you got to give up bail money. But I'm saying that you got to be the one sending emails. But I'm saying you the one that's got to call and check on somebody. I'm saying you the one that's got to make sure that the people who are burning up, the cities that are getting burnt up, when it's all said and done, that you got your seed to sow so that they have food to eat. You don't know what is happening right now. We don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. But you need to have your two feet on the ground in some way. You heard the story. I'm going to leave it at that. And I, I needed him here because this is what George would have told us had his life not been taken from him. He would have shared how afraid he was, how much he never done anything to anybody but be helpful if his life wasn't taken. And not to mention Orlando, not to mention Aubrey, not to mention all the list is unfortunately going on and on and on. Stop killing us. Get out there and make a change or hush. Your opinion is not needed. Your solutions are. Brother E, do you have anything you want to say? Or you feel led, please end with a song. Whatever it is that's going to give us some strength from where your strength comes from. That's how we're going to close this out. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jen, one, for having me uh, <laughs> on this amazing platform. Um, they, they'll never know the, the, the spiritual connection that we have. Because nope. We were setting something on New Year's Eve that they, you know, we just, <laughs> but we're here. Um, this is how we got here. Yeah, when you were talking, uh, my dear sister, uh, Sandra Bland, came to mind. I went to school with Sandra. Know. She encouraged me. And um, she, uh, I remember passing by her a lot because I think we were in the same, like, department. I don't know what department was in, but her building was by our building. And so you would always see her, you know, kind of moving along, moving around uh, the campus. And she was a voice. She was a light. And um, I just want to speak to the leaders and speak to the people that have this illuminous light scared to let it shine. We're going to mm -hmm. um, When I started Black Man Now, I was writing the pros and cons of how Black Man Now can help and be positive. And when I got to the cons, the first con I wrote down was, I don't want to get killed. And looked at that and I was like, why are you right about that? And it was because I thought about so many of the other leaders, of the other voices, of the other lights that have been shut out because they shine, they shone too bright. And so I just want to speak to the people that don't want to let their light shine. Um, no weapon yeah. against you. Say it one more time, because I think it cut out a little bit. No weapon 
will prosper, can prosper, and shall prosper. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So I, I want to leave y'all with that because um, I know I'm in the middle of work and work is calling, but I wanted to be present and be in the moment. Um, there is a simple song that just says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And so I want you to hold that. And I want you to hold that. And I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all. I love you. I love you way more. I love you way more. God bless you, bro. I see you. Thank you so much. My girls, that was my brother E. I'm telling you, this episode has blessed my entire life. I didn't even know it was going to bless me like it blessed me, but I knew it was going to be something, but I know it was going to be this. So please, you guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for joining us here on Girl Talk with Jay Marie. I am your host, Jay Marie. You guys are everything. And I want you to know that you can do all things. And Brother E here. That's my guy. I want you to follow him. Make sure you keep up with what he's doing. Make sure you, black men especially, hop on what they're doing when it comes to black men now. And I know it will change your lives. Make sure you like, comment, share this video. And remember this, you're still alive. That means you can make your own ending. You can create your own ending. Do not give up. And more than anything, y'all, right now, right now in this season, make sure that you're out there putting your feet to the ground in some capacity and being a blessing for a movement that is happening that will change the world forever. Sign off, y'all. Love you so much, girl.